Hello and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast, the fastest growing conservative evangelical charismatic podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. And as the strains of the Los Yetis fade into the background, we begin at the end of 1 Thessalonians. Not the very end, right? Well, I mean... The near to the end. Yeah, the end of the yeah. verse. Well, we don't want to read backwards. Oh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah that I was. it took me a minute to pick up on what you were saying. There are My humor is just too to advanced come. for you, Ben. Well, Maybe you'll keep up some. What else, <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> well, hey, how about, how about I'll read, yeah. <laughs> uh, starting in verse 12 of First Thessalonians chapter 5. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to Thanks God. Thanks be to God. So the letter we've, we've said is, or at least we've been focusing on what the gospel does. And you now this is one of those awkward things that's going to be awkward to preach. That's why I give you guys the, the easy passages. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it says to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord. I mean, that, that's us. Yeah. You could say that's also, you know, the bishop or the wardens or the vestry, uh, other members of the staff team. But uh, it's a passage that says respect your pastor and it's going to be preached by the pastor. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit awkward. Well, maybe. I mean, I, like I, I tell my, I, I guess I would sit, tell my kid, to my son to respect me. But then again, yeah. I'm not like congregation is not like my kids is a different relationship yeah it is a bit it is a little awkward it, it just just a bit and i think uh it, it's worth saying that um we we like our job <laughs> uh, at least i like mine and uh b- but i'm passionate about it mm-hmm. you know i don't think oh good i can't wait to admonish someone today <laughs> uh but i do feel really sad when someone in the church is suffering or worse self-inflicted harm is going on and someone's doing something that I know is is just not good for their soul and is starting to manifest <coughs> physically or you know in a relationship or whatever when I see that I I, I hurt yeah I, I feel stressed about that and you have a responsibility to admonish and to call out mm. those sins that are destroying people's souls. And 
that's part of what we are called to as leaders and to wield that authority for the sake of people uh, and for people's yeah. good, not for our sakes, uh, but for Jesus' sake and for the sake of the whole church because we wield authority uh, in Jesus' name, in the character of Jesus, who used his authority to lay down his life and to wash feet. And yes. like, that's, that's the character of a pastor that we're, that I'm trying to cultivate, that all of us, I think, are, yeah. are committed to in how we use the authority that we're given in right. the church. It's not and that's super important. Or yeah. Harangue. And so when we, when we say, when we read the scripture, when we teach the scripture about respect those who labor among you, um, mm. I, we're not trying to build up ourselves. Right. We're not trying to say, hey, acknowledge my authority so that it makes me feel good and let's have this uh, power authority relationship that That's really dodgy, is like, That's is like right. the yeah. way the world mm -hmm. works. Yeah. The world views authority, but we're talking about authority in the name of Jesus and in the character mm. of Jesus. And so when Paul's calling on the whole church to respect authority, he's saying, look at what Jesus has done to you and look at what Jesus is trying to do for you mm. through the leaders that he's placed over you. We just have Los Yetis could just close us out now. <laughs> <laughs> There's more scripture than that. And but. that's the podcast. No, I, I do think, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, and, and I think you can even sort of feel it or sense it when someone like really, uh, when, they, when they relish authority for authority's sake, like it's kind of creepy almost, yeah. uh, but when they are, oh but, yeah. But authority is something that's like it exists to protect people mm. and um, to to bring righteousness and love and peace. And so when you're both under authority and in authority, like you you adhere to that out of ultimately reverence for Christ. Mm. Um, and oh, if, when right. you're in authority, you do it you wield it for love of that of the people who you are i guess in authority i can over. see some i can see some modifiers here or at least uh, things that that put it into its own situation so uh, labor among you know labor it, it's that same root word it, it's uh, as as a woman who's giving birth labor and you know it can mean to work but it can also or toil it can also mean to get ready to give birth so it's a very practical, enculturated, incarnational, sort of solid manual kind yeah. of work image. And then he, sa he says among, and that's the thing, you know, it's not over, it's among. And, and so this, this is an image, isn't it, of a pastor who doesn't just stand at the front on a Sunday and mm -hmm. wag a finger, but actually lives there. It's a real working out of that. We were pleased to share with you not only the gospel, but, mm. but our yes. lives also. Yeah. It's, it's um, admonish. I was just reading just before, so I don't just know this. Uh, it's related to the word mind in Greek. Really? Yeah, to call to mind or to put in, put, to warn someone and to put it on their minds. Mm. So, so there's an instructional aspect of telling people things that they need at the forefront of their mind. Yeah, and things that admonish kind of has that rebuke connotation too. Of mm. like in English. In the English word, yes. So, but I think there's something to that of when we do teach the things that need to be on people's mind, it's often mm. because they're not living it out and they need to be taught and right. or, or it needs to be a corrective to some, some false worldview or a false gospel that they believe in. Right, and maybe you have yeah. 
some currency to do that because you've actually bothered mm -hmm. to love people and live there. Mm. Um, this then manifests itself, which I, I think is really helpful in, in how the body treats itself or one another, how all the members act. Because he goes on to say, uh, be at peace among yourselves, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idol. And so there's that same word. Yeah. And so now the whole church is in the, in the business of putting one another in the mind of what God wants. Mm. And it's not just the guy at the front going on, but actually the whole body. Yeah. And yeah, maybe the, the elders of the church have a responsibility to set the example, maybe, and uh, to lead, the, yeah. to shape the culture of like, yeah, we need to be admonishing one another and teaching one another, right. all of us, not just the one, one or two people uh, from the front. But yeah, it's the whole church on board. It's admonishing and encouraging, right. helping, be patient with one another. Like, yes, this is on, one this one on one all of us. Yeah, yeah, these are those horizontal relationships yeah. within the body. And I think that that is really key to our vision mm -hmm. for this church, right? Absolutely. This is going to be another. a community church preaching the gospel. This is going to be a church that knows one <laughs> another, is known by one another, is together. <laughs> Uh, and is under the word, but is living out the word together. That's the whole package of what we're on about here. Yeah, yeah. It's like this. The in, the word that came to mind to me is everyone exercising together our priestly role, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. admonishing the idle, encouraging the faint-hearted, helping the weak, and being patient. Like basically, one another. We're we're both uh, preaching the gospel to one another. Yeah, and then we're we're. Uh, encouraging one another and admonishing one another toward God. Mm. So, which that is, that is sort of like, I, I think what the reformers meant by the priesthood of all believers, that we're all, this is all directed toward a relationship with Christ. Mm. Um, I think it's kind of interesting because he says then, uh, that see that no one repays anyone evil for evil. So, so we are going to hurt each other from time to time. Yeah. And the question then is how you respond to someone who has hurt you. And then always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. So we're going to try, if someone has done something wrong to you, we're going to try and do something right to them and then right to everyone. And, and I just sort of think about, you know, what would it be like to run a church filled with Hatfields and McCoys? And, and this is like the Hatfields and Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like... Someone's done something wrong and someone's responding with good. It's not um, a sort of tit for tat yeah. feud, is it? It's not, a it's not an intergenerational running feud. Yeah, and not only is this talking about what the character of Christ sh and is and should be lived out among the Christian mm. community, but like if, if you let our natural instincts of repaying evil for evil be played out in the community, it destroys the community. Yeah. Like, it, it can't not destroy a community if constantly it's tit for tat and eye for an eye and uh, back and forth of exchanging mm. evil to each other. Like, that's going to destroy any sense of uh, communal identity or, or uh, fellowship or brotherhood. Like, it can't stand. And so, just on a practical level, uh, this needs to be rebuked and admonished when it happens. Right. But also, then this is the character of Christ that we're trying to live into even a, a higher standard. So it's like, not only don't do evil, don't respond with evil, but seek to do good. Yeah. It's not just be neutral, but mm. seek to do good to everyone. I, I was in a, oh, 
almost lost my Chris mic. Chris can't so. that. That would have gone really loud. You're welcome, Chris. So uh, you. she she loves it when that happens. <laughs> so uh, I was in a church where I, I think I may have mentioned this. I may have mentioned this in my sermon mm. an hour ago. And uh, it, I was in a church where, where two families they were both bereaved around the same time. They both donated things to the church in, in memoriam. Now, one was a tree and uh, the other was a, a sort of rose bush. They were planted in the same flower bed around the same time and, and they competed. The tree was sort of shadowing and shading the roses that were struggling. The rose was kind of growing up around the tree that was choking in it. Was, it was these two families who'd been at loggerheads in this life then bequeathed rival <laughs> uh, flora Competed. And, and this got up to the, the vestry, we call that a PCC in England, Parochial Church Council. And yeah. uh, the PCC had, had had this as like a standing item on the agenda for years. You know, what are we going to do about the death tree and the rose? The death tree. And it just like blocked the church for, for years until mysteriously in the dead of the night, a character went and uprooted the roses and planted them in a new memorial garden that was separate. Mm. And I asked the vicar, I said, vicar, who, who did this? And he said, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> 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 That's the Holy Spirit. So I, d- I don't, I don't know for certain been. to this day who did it, but I think that Sounds the vicar like was, was the vicar. possibly laboring among them. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it could have been him. He had had enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it actually, uh, now it's such a futile and silly thing, right? I mean, it really was, but really, really had crippled the church. It was just a running sore. Mm-hmm. And anyone could have stopped it by just saying, yeah, you know, after you. Yep. And then, you know, next step. Okay, so, that, okay, so it's, that's, on, that's at the vestry, that's, that's a church thing. But we still have to get together and have communion. And we exchange a sign of the peace in, in our service for a reason, because Paul yeah. tells us that we have to be at peace with one another. It's not just an empty symbol. Not a symbol. Yeah. It is a resolution yeah. of conflict, and we're not fit for communion if we're at odds with one another. You guys ever had that happen we're at the passing of the peace? Oh, like someone needs to actually resolve a conflict right with there? With me, you mean? But yeah, with you personally. Yeah, uh, my so wife. Your wife? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, what what did you do? I said I was sorry because I was completely in the wrong. And then and then did communion. Yeah, yeah. I well, I was also actually the minister. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I it happened to me too once. Um, I uh, and the deacon who was assisting, like we got to the passing of the peace, and um, and he he said, oh, what was it? He said that like. He just looked at me and goes we need to talk and <laughs> or or like i have a bone to pick with you or something Ooh. like that and my just my blood just went turned to oh, ice boy. you're in trouble and so uh it, this i don't i'm not sure that this was the right thing to do but we s- consecrated and celebrated uh communion and then did not take it until after no, i think that's a good idea and then we yeah. had a con um we went into my office and we had a really long chat but it was like I was utterly terrified. Like I was having an out-of-body experience while I'm like uh, celebrating the service or presiding. Um, yeah. So it's, but I mean, that's what that's there for, yeah. right? Like right. to compel you to resolve disputes. 
Yeah, it was actually a really godly yeah. thing. Yeah, what's the have it out. Jesus uh, parable? Not parable. Teaching about like if you're if you have a dispute with your brother, uh, leave your gift at the altar <laughs> until uh-huh. you go back and resolve and mm. and make peace with one another. Like that's mm-hmm. what that's there for. And yeah. this whole principle that Paul is saying here about doing good to one another and to everyone is for that sake of reconciliation. Like reconciliation can't happen when you're repaying evil for evil. Right. Like it has to be someone saying. Right. Let's sit down, let's talk, let's resolve and, this. And you can't just go forum shopping. You can't say, well, I'm at odds with that pastor, so I won't take communion in that church, and I'm going to go to the next church and get communion there. Yeah. Because there's only one communion. There's only one body. There's only yeah. one Jesus. Though there were many, we are one body. It, it, so I think that idea of, right, well, I'm going to storm off from this church and go and find a better church, and then I'm going to participate in the life there. You're drinking damnation upon yourself when you do that, says mm. Paul. And the, the old prayer book was much, much closer to the text of Scripture and, and, and its strength. It says, you know, it, you must examine yourself unless you drink damnation and suffer divers' diseases and sundry forms of death. I mean, that's yeah. really clear. That's yeah. in Corinthians, right, isn't it? Yeah, um. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I think there's a nod there to this because he says, you know, live at peace among yourselves as that peace concept and, and then he goes on to say uh, in verse 19, do not quench the spirit. And there's mm. the other effect. How can we expect to see manifestations of the Holy Spirit in power, dunamis? That's part of what this book's about. How can we expect to see the power of the Holy Spirit functioning in this church if we are fundamentally in breach of that requirement to be at peace mm. with one another? Huh. Should not expect it. Yeah, yeah, if you have like, if you're, if you got a grudge with somebody else, mm. and then you're sitting at the Lord's table, a table like, of peace, it's inherently mm-hmm. hypocritical. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I a question about that. Um, you just brought something to mind, Alex. It, okay. Uh, he's got from like uh, verse fourteen on. Mm. He's got like kind of this litany of yeah. do this, do this, do this. It sounds like he's trying to close out this letter and trying to fit in everything at the last, the last few sentences yeah. that could either be could easily be another chapter of, of the letter. But he's just mm. trying to squeeze all this in. It sounds like, yeah. So there's this litany of do this, do this, do this. And then in the middle is that verse nineteen: do not quench the spirit. Yeah, mm. and you, it's just a verse. That's it. It's just one verse. Yeah, that's mm. the whole verse of nineteen. Um, uh, do you see that as like uh, the centerpiece, the cornerstone of, <laughs> of all this litany of, of things? Is like, uh, if you don't do this, this is how you're quenching the spirit, or, or is it just one of the litany? Like, it's, uh, I think it's depends on how you're reading it. I don't think this is an itemized list. It doesn't it doesn't read like that because everything seems like they all seem kind of like they overlap a little bit. Yeah, right? I, I think that's why the do not quench the spirit sticks out a little bit. Well, the, yeah. but the yeah. prophecy would be a gift of the spirit. So there's a link, there's a, it's a charismatic gift. Yes, that's the next verse, do not despise prophecy. Yeah, and test everything, maybe that discernment stuff. So, you know, because prophecy is tested. So uh, there's a little, a little section, I think, on what the spirit does. But I, I, I get your point. I'm not quite sure why suddenly we've switched to it other than... Other than uh, a church that's growing and is alive is going to manifest yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and if, if the church is ignoring the word and neglecting one another, then it shouldn't expect to see the Spirit at work. Yeah. I, and I'm wondering, like, to read this, uh, verse 16, rejoice always. 
do not quench the spirit. Oh, okay. Pray without ceasing. Do not quench the spirit. Give thanks in all circumstances. Don't quench the spirit. Oh, you think it's almost like, reading? I, like I'm a... wondering if it's kind of if that's the governing uh, principle under all this list of things. Oh, like, like in a psalm or something like that. Yeah. yeah or in, or in and, and it's reading in a very a Pauline way where it's kind of just a stream of thought. But I'm right. wondering if that's kind of the centerpiece to the whole community functioning and living into the character of Christ. Like, is this about what the Spirit is doing? You're, among you're us? too. You're probably. You're both too young, uh, or foreign, to remember the pips. I'm sure they had pips you, here. You are the foreign one here. Let me remind. No, you. we're abroad. <laughs> we're all foreign. We are all strangers <laughs> and foreigners in this land. Way to be reconciliatory, Ben. Thank yeah. you for resolving um, this conflict. Yeah, it, no problem. They used to have these. They used to have these uh, sort of plastic or fiberglass, sometimes even wooden booths, and within them um, would be a telephone. And you could pick that up and put coins in it and, and then speak to people in other places. You're talking like a telephone booth? Yeah. Like Superman? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like if you put your 10 pence into it or quarter, striking a similar looking coin, uh, you uh, would get, you know, a minute or whatever. And then the last 10 seconds of the call, it would go like tick, 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 to tell you that you were about to be cut off because you'd run out of money. And so people, you'd be, you know, you'd call home and you'd be like, yeah, I don't want pork chops for dinner, please. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pick my sister up and I need help. And you'd try and like garble like 10 minutes of communication <laughs> into the last 10 seconds because the pips had come. And to me, this reads like the pips. <laughs> like, like <laughs> it's like I have run out of papyrus. Yeah, you might have. Can you imagine if, um, <laughs> if there was a time machine and the Apostle Paul came and preached at Christ Church Fox Chapel, what that would be like. I feel like, first off, it would be like an hour and 40-minute-long sermon yeah. full of incredibly you'd a, profound stuff. You'd have a Eutychus at the top of the balcony there who would uh, fall, <laughs> off. fall off and yeah. die. <laughs> <laughs> Got so of boredom. So we have a child would die with boredom. Yes. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's... <laughs> I haven't... Uh, this is like my my distinctive. Maybe this is the one way in which I'm like uh, beating out the Apostle Paul so far is that I haven't, to my knowledge, I haven't killed anybody <laughs> with my oh, preaching. You're, you're funnier <laughs> than Paul, and I think I think um, like Francis Chan said this, said that if Jesus opened a church on the other side of the street to him, his church, Francis Chan's church, would be bigger, because he says I'm funnier than Jesus <laughs> and I'm easier to listen to than Jesus. And I'm more likely to tell you stuff that you want to hear than Jesus. And I'm more likely to bend what I teach to your wills because I'm afraid of you and I don't want to run out of money or mm -hmm. fail. So I am far more likely to have a bigger church than Jesus because of my faithlessness. Wow. And, and so I'm going to compliment you and insult you in equal measure. I think after a, a couple of hours of Paul killing children, um, there's a thing in Acts for those that aren't familiar yes. with the story, oh. where he just talks he too long and a child falls asleep in a window, falls out of it and into the street and dies. And then, and then, then he was raised up. Paul resurrects yeah. him. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. God resurrects him. Yes. But yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks. Yeah, um, no problem. I think <laughs> there for you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> with his magic handkerchief. So I think that, uh, I think that uh, probably... People would say, get that Hughes in. He's much funnier. Oh. Dry geezer. Oh, man. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. So you both get to be more entertaining than Paul that, and yeah. less 
what, not being an apostle with the authority to author scripture, I'm afraid to say less sound than Paul. Taken. How do you feel? Admonished. <laughs> encouraged. Uh, all, wow, all the things. We just covered the bases right there. You're helped. funnier than Paul, though. I, Paul's as funny as Shakespeare, right? In this you know, current, the teacher explains the joke. Or something like in that. this current <laughs> moment, that, that brings me no comfort whatsoever. Mm. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 businessman. He's all about business. I think the pips have come. I think he is just like bullet points. Squeezing it all in. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, I love this closing blessing that he gives, though. Verse here we go. Here we go. You can feel it building, uh, church. <laughs> uh, uh, I and I want to make sure we get this because I actually do really love this um, this blessing that he gives, and it feels like it ties together the whole. Uh, this teaching to the community. Like, mm-hmm. he's speaking to the whole church, saying, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, all of this is about the body interacting together, the community of faith, mm-hmm. and what we're called to. And at the root of it is God sanctifying us. And we're called to all these things because God is sanctifying us. Mm. And it's his work among us. It's the spirit that's working among us and whose work we do not dare to quench. Um, Mm. And he who calls you is faithful. Uh, We're called to all these things because of the work he's doing among us. And he's faithful and he will surely do it. And let's not forget the final imperative. We need to all be greeting each other with a holy kiss. <laughs> in uh, post-corona times, I'm not sure how that reads anymore. Yeah. It didn't read well in the first place, but... You fist bump. The holy fist bump. The holy fist bump. You're just rewriting the pages of scripture here. It's the message version. It's <laughs> the message version. We're enculturating it. Uh, Sorry, it was just too good and I had to spoil it. I couldn't help it. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. That's immense. Or any hint of guilt or shame or condemnation is eradicated, is swept away, is flooded with the grace of Jesus Christ who is with you mm-hmm. in presence. Mm. Amen. Yeah. You crescendoed us. Yeah. It was you. You did it. You, you pre-crescendoed. A pre-crescendo. And then you were <laughs> decrescended by Ben. Yeah, that's what This I'm is not. a whole symphony. This is a dynamic operation here. Our, our podcast ended in the same way that Eutychus's day ended. <laughs> Dramatic moment, death, resurrection. resurrection. Are you saying I was the death? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are like the Apostle Paul after all. And this is the shape of the Christian life always. Thanks so. for joining us. This has been the podcast. You know, the thing clicks off and we carry on arguing. We'll see you soon. We love you. Bye-bye.